The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The show you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I hope you can all hear me. It sounds as if uh, no, that's better. That's much better. Okay, as I say, I'm here in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll tell you what matters to me. It matters to me about all those people in the northeast part of the country, on the east coast side of this country, where they're being plummeted by storms, hurricane, rain, wind. Just know that it matters to me, it matters to the rest of us in this United States of America. As a matter of fact, it, it matters to people all over the world. There have been many times that uh, we as United States citizens have used our resources to go abroad and to help others. And now it's time for us to help ourselves. And regardless of who you are, what your background, your ethnicity is, or, or what your political uh, party is. This is the United States of America, and we should all reach out and help one another. And I've just heard of so many good things uh, that people have opened up their hearts, opened up their purse strings. And more than anything, you know, people have hit their knees and prayed. And, and I certainly want to um, take a moment of silence because I, I believe there's been a couple casualties in this um, and during this time of which uh, somebody has lost a loved one. So I'm going to take a second, if you will, just to pray for the family of those who have lost someone. Okay, that's good. There's many more things, much more important than just sports. And uh, although sports is extremely important to us, there are other things that are much more important, of course, that is life and death. And uh, I just hope and pray that everybody uh, survives out there. So, And we always kind of use that, you know, Life and death, you know, but let's not take it out of context. This time we're seriously uh, concerned about uh, some of those people back on the East Coast. But uh, there's something else I want to talk about today, too. And this, of course, is all about football. And it's, it's amazing to me that I continue to hear the word used uh, throughout many conversations here on, on this network uh, people, I read it in the papers, I, I read it online, yet yeah, I still read papers. Um, but more and more, I believe that people are starting to realize that that old, you know, phrase of which people used to use about he got a free ride to go to college and to play football or basketball or baseball or whatever sport he or she was to participate in is that, that those are not free rides. And the thing that really bothers me is when you see a person, particularly like Saturday's game, 
and I'm sure many people out there, if you haven't seen it, if you if you can just take the time out to go to YouTube and probably search for South Carolina running back Marcus Lattimore and make sure you have a strong stomach before you search. Because I probably, with the exception of mm, Joe Theismann, um, I've probably not seen an injury, such a gruesome injury in my entire life. It, it I, I, I literally jumped up. I always, many times, not always, uh, but many times I talk about a woo hit. And, and that's what I got paid for back in the day is when you can make a hit on an opposing team player. And, and people in the stands go, ooh. Sometimes you see those woo hits. And if the, sometimes the players are injured, I'm not trying to injure, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to end anybody's career. But, you know, we like that. But there are other times where people listen, things, I'm not talking about hurt. I, you know what I feel about hurt. You can feel pain, somebody can step on your toe. But injuries are something that's different. And it's the injury that brings back the reality of how we assess the way these young men and young women are. I guess it's compensation that you get for participating in sports. But sometimes, you know, and it's not just all about money, but it, it's a it's, it's a career. It's like anything else. You, you pay to go and to participate in an organization that's going to provide you with the skill set of which will allow you to provide for your family. And when student athletes, remember, student athletes, it's not, you know, student is one part of their livelihood. Athletics is another part of their livelihood. But they're preparing for both with anticipation and hopes and dreams that they may be able to use both of those skill sets, those gifts to provide for their families. And once revenue comes into the picture on either one of those, they expect to participate and get some of that revenue. Now, I'm just saying that this is a young man that's already, numbers have already been thrown out. And I'm talking about, of course, a running back for South Carolina, Marcus Lattimore, who was projected to be a first round draft pick. There are, you can, you can just about determine based upon what a running back in the first round got last year, what he possibly could have made. And I have a question out there that they're not even sure if there was an insurance policy taken out on on this young man. That would be ridiculous. But I'm saying this, that I'm tired of people using this term about free ride. Free, when it's free, it's, it's given to you. There's no strings attached. It's just here. Take it. Go. Do what you want to do. Not go out on the football field, practice hours and hours, go to the weight room, lift weights, you know, run, jump, you know, do all these things. There's verbal abuse you have to accept from these coaches. And then to go out and get hurt. That's not free. That's not a free ride. So let's not say free ride anymore. Free is free. No attachments. Anybody can get it. They give it to anybody. No no requirements. It's free. Here, just take it. Stand outside of a stadium or stand out of a store someday, and and you walk up and and they've got something that they're giving away. They give it to you. They don't ask you for your name, your address, your phone number, your social security number, where you live at, nothing. Just They give it to you, and you just keep going, and they can give it to everybody. It's a free sample of food. A free sample of drink. It ain't no, nothing. We just walk up there and get it. Costco, shout out to Costco's. I love it when I leave church and go to Costco's on Sunday. Free. They got samples. Pick it up. Eat it. Go. You don't have to buy it. But they give it to you because they think it's good enough that you will buy it. Man, this young man did not have a free ride. 
And and listen, shout out to Gil Tyree. You know, Gil Tyree has 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 shed some light on South Carolina's university has been known to take care of some of his athletes. Now, I got this straight from Gil Tyree. Gil Tyree told me that South Carolina takes care of his athletes. You know, one in particular, George Rogers, I understand that they really have done some great things for George and helping support him in his life. You know, many times we fall upon adversity for whatever reason, but this is a university that take, they take care of their own. I just hope and pray that they take care of this young man. I'm not even sure with the injury that he, I, I saw, I'm not even sure if I want him. It's, it's not up to me. I'm not sure he should even attempt to try to play college football again. No, it's just, oh my God, it's, it's just the kind of injury that you wouldn't wish it on anybody. I actually thought the young man was in a state of shock. It, that's what I saw on his, on his face. So much pain, his eyes were so big, he was crying. I thought he was in a state of shock. And I've been in a state of shock from an injury myself before. I didn't know what the hell to do once I was able to get feeling back into my body, scared to death. And some of it, I don't even remember what I did. So with that being said, I think I got my man Kevin on the line with me. Kevin, are you there? I can barely hear you. Talking about Marcus Lattimore running by for South Carolina. Did you get a chance? Have you seen the injury to him that he sustained in the game on Saturday? I know of the injury. I didn't want to see the injury, but, you know, my prayers are go out to him. And I hope he uh, will recover. No, it's one of those things where you, and I, re- I mean this to everybody. You know, I truly would like for everybody to go out and search. Go to YouTube and look up South Carolina running back Marcus Lattimore and just just see the injury. You got you to gotta be, for one, one time in your life, just to look at it. I was at the Ohio State game in the National Championship when Willis McGahee got injured. I, I I saw it, but I wasn't privy to instant replay to see it over and over again, you know. But I can tell you what, those injuries are the kinds of injuries where it should certainly change a person's mind when they address the issue of student athletes getting free rides. It's not free. There, it's not a free ride, and also it should change their mindset in terms of. How these athletes should be. They don't have any representation when they go into college and play sports. And, you know, it's really nothing different than, you know, playing pro football. It, it really, a college football and pro football, listen, I played at the highest level you possibly could play. There's no different. Look at the, the piece they showed on Urban Meyer at Ohio State as he got those guys prepared to go into this, this season. Hell, they work harder in college now than they do in pros because it's been governed by the collective bargain agreement that you can only work them so hard at the pro level. So I'm saying to you now that college football and playing college sports is a harder job than it is in pro football. And, of course, they're getting paid 100 times more money because you don't get paid anything in college. Well, you get a cup, a little stifling, but it's ridiculous. But you've heard that term. Kevin, free ride, college football. Address that for me. Do you and your own personal belief it's a free ride? It's never a free ride. You work hard. You know, people don't understand. Uh, you go, you know, you're dealing with not only academics, but the sports as well. And when you're going out there in sports, you know, uh, I don't know, they don't understand the double days you do and the pressure you're up under. You know, because you're part of the pressure academics-wise and well sports-wise. 
Yeah, that's it's just. Free yeah, that that that's just amazing to me, man. And so I, all of you out there, please, if you're listening to my voice and you can hear, I've already told you about the most important thing that matters to me today, and of course that's all those people out there in the northeast part of the country, but the eastern part of the United States of America where they've been hit by storms, hurricane winds. That's number one. That's the most important thing to everybody, I believe, today. And I pray for those who've lost loved ones. But the second most important thing is to address this issue of college students getting a free ride in particular sports. And particular the fact that they, you know, they, they, they want to add this playoff and it's just another way to generate revenue. Hell, if, if it didn't matter before, it was AP, UPI, you know, before and now you got this BCS bowl system in place. You've got a national championship. If, if we as the people out here desire and want more, so much, nobody always gets what they want. The system has been the way it is for years. You don't have to fix it. If you want to fix it, yes, but not at the expense that somebody's being compromised and you're not taking into consideration what's happening to these young men and young women and that they're not fully compensated for what they're, what they're doing and, and the entertainment value that they bring to people all over the world. It, it's, it's, it's beyond anybody's imagination. It's billions and billions of dollars. And, and then I hear people talk about college kids getting free rides. So let me get past that. That's I wanted to rant about that a little bit. And I guess uh, I got a couple more minutes until we go to our break. But last night there was a game. There was a football game on TV, I believe, last night. <laughs> I believe that's what that was. And I know you're probably happy. Okay, because it was the San Francisco 49ers came into University of Phoenix Stadium and opened up two cans. Not one, but two cans. They might have opened up four. They opened up a, a can a quarter on the Arizona Cardinals. Now, did you think, I mean, did you expect it to be that kind of, uh, you know, lashing? Or did you think that the Arizona Cardinals were going to show up in some capacity? I, I, you know, seven yards of rushing. Seven, seven, not, 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 not 70. I'm not mispronouncing any words here. I'm pronouncing my, here's seven period, not seven zero, seven yards. Now, you know, I, I, thought, I thought it would have been a, a, a better game than that, but it was like once they became a one dimensional team, you know, you start to lose interest. And after that, you know how you mentioned that ooh-wee? It was an ooh-wee hitting that game yesterday. Oh, yeah, it sure so, was. Oh, yeah, it was. And once, and once that ooh-wee hit was was uh, produced on that field, it just seemed like it just broke their spirits. Well, there's one thing I want to say. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and then we're going to come back on the other side of the break, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it. And that is that, I may not be that upset with the fact that the Arizona Cardinals pass the ball so much because it's a passing league. But certainly if you decide to run it, you should get more than seven yards. So if it's a passing league, we should expect to see the ball pass, but we also should expect to see more than seven yards. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Seven yards? Pro football? Really? Okay, we're going to come back and talk about that. I'm going to think about something wrong about that. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
so, Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right. You hear that music, you know the show. You're at the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Listen, I got to take time out. This is my show, Ray Ellis Sports. I got to take time out to give a shout out to the young fellas back in Canton, Ohio. They played the Mouse and Tigers. I talked a little bit on the show last week, and, you know, it, it, man. Okay, we lost, bottom line. Cam McKinley Bulldogs lost to the Mouse and Tigers. But that was a pretty decent game. We showed some heart, some fighting, and, and, and we came back. Uh, but it looks like, a, you know, there's still a chance for for the Bulldogs to show up in the playoffs, and they could end up playing Maslin again in the playoffs. So uh, keep your head up, fellas. You know, it's just one game. This this is win or go home time now. So if you don't want to go home, you got to win. So uh, just make it happen. Make it happen. Let me also give a shout-out, of course, to the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Yeah, that's right. I said the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Can't show up in, in, in the BCS polls, but of course we know they're doing real well. And, and some of those other polls and, uh, AP, I think they might be as high as four. Uh, and, uh, the Buckeyes look good. You know, I don't know if you got a chance to see them, Kev, but they, the Buckeyes look good. The young man, uh, Braxton is, uh, you know, playing quarterback, playing well, you know, got bumped around a little bit a couple games ago, came back though. Uh, went up in, into Nittany Lions, into, into the Lions Den, came out with a victory. So Ohio State's looking good, man. So I'm proud of them young fellas, man. Urban Meyer is in there doing some things that uh, I'm not sure everybody expected he would be able to do in his first year at Ohio State. You heard a little bit about the Buckeyes, Kevin? Yeah, I know a little bit about them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's good. I'm happy for him. I have to admit, uh, I'm biased because I'm a true diehard Trojan. Well, we we could talk a little bit about that too. I mean, I, I believe that. Oh no! The, well, they, they they the way they went down uh, Tucson and and embarrassed themselves over the weekend. 
Uh, but let's, let's continue talking about it. No, no. <laughs> no, you brought it up. Now, let's go ahead and talk about that because I was going to talk about that. I mean, you got a quarterback that was, you know, as a, been in there since a freshman, you know, been under the helm and, and taking them snaps and stayed around. Unlike some of the other guys that, you know, Mark Sanchez that, you know, came out first round draft pick, had some struggles, you know, made it to the playoffs a few times. Uh, but uh, Barkley, you know, it appeared that, do you think he's hurting his draft status by staying now? The fact that he, you know, man, they, I think they're expecting him to win a Heisman. What, what do you think? You think he's hurting his chances now? I don't, I don't think he hurting his chances. Uh, sometimes he have a good game, and this was one of the games that started off good, but somewhere down the line, uh. I mean, I, I mean, didn't the wide, made, the wide receiver uh, did have some like 300 or 400 some yards receiving? Yeah, he had like uh, 300, 300 yards received. Yeah, yeah, 360 something like that. So, so it appears that you know Matt may be doing well, but again, they, I, I think they expect him to be the Heisman candidate to actually take it home. The Heisman practically had his name on it, I believe. Um, certainly, after being there four years at USC, celebrated the way the USC program is, even you know producing a couple quarterbacks here lately. Um, let me ask you something. Arizona needs a quarterback. We tried one of your USC quarterbacks in here, Matt Liner. It didn't work out. Do you see perhaps maybe another one coming in this way? You know what? He would uh, he would help him out a whole lot. You know, I believe because he is a, a good quarterback, he would help him out a whole lot. Uh, in the meantime, from what I see last night, uh, that was something you said last week. You know, that proved a point there. They they ought to try to call Ben Sean. Uh, well, Ben yeah. Sean out there. Well, here's here's what I'm uh, here's what I'm going to say about that. You know, right now, and uh, we might as well jump you know right in, into that. Let, let's just go ahead and, and and jump into some of the National Football League stuff. And that is, even at with the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, I understand that you know they're one of the teams you know that are think about making you know some serious changes. And and I'm just I'm concerned about teams that are making, you know, changes, you know, prematurely only because it's like this. You know, there's only one undefeated team out there. And then I think, uh, you know, the other, you know, division leaders are perhaps maybe, uh, you know, six and one or maybe there may be a, a team out there that may be uh, six and two. And, and I believe, uh, yeah, the Giants are six and two. But all the other division leaders may be six and one, you know, maybe five and two, five and three. So mathematically, you know, I don't think these other teams that are out here, you know, mathematically, I don't care, you know, where you're at, with the exception of perhaps maybe, you know, the Cleveland Browns, you know, with the exception of maybe the Cleveland Browns who have and, and the Jaguars who have, you know, six losses, the Chiefs, they got six losses, too. You know, with the exception of, and, and of course, the Carolina Panthers, I, I think, well, for other reasons, I think they're out of it. But, you know, you, you still mathematically are still in it. So when, until you get to the point where you got seven losses, certainly eight and eight is not going to make it. But until you got your seventh loss, 
I don't think you make wholesale changes. I mean, it, it, it can happen. A team can win, you know, six, seven, eight games in a row. You know, some te- if a team starts out 7-0, and they certainly could win seven games at the end of a season. So I think until you're mathematically out of the picture, I think it's premature to make any wholesale changes. Now, I do think, particularly when you talk about a position such as the quarterback, but I think it's okay, Kevin, I mean, you talked about this before, about benching some players, you know, or taking some players out to get their attention. But I don't know, you know, if you make those kind of wholesale changes, you know, with, you know, like, like somebody's already gotten rid of the defensive coordinator. We know that Andy Reid did that. Now he's talking about benching the quarterback. I, I, I just, I'm not sure you want to do that, particularly when you're talking about Philadelphia or the Arizona Cardinals, two teams who have horrendous offensive lines. You know, do you really want to blame it all on your on your quarterback? And do you, you know, want to make these wholesale changes? So Arizona, we know the guy that they started to go with, you know, he's he's been hurt. Cobb is out. And so, you know, do you if it were you and you were a coach at this particular time, let's say the Philadelphia Eagles, do you bench your starting quarterback now when you still could mathematically be in the playoffs and perhaps maybe even make it as a wild card? No, I wouldn't bench my quarterback, but I would make a big change on that line. Well, you got to think about it, you know, and this is what Coach Dungy said the other night. And, you know, it wasn't rocket science, but it made it, it did make sense. There was a competitive situation of which you went into training camp with, and the best man should win the position. If the best man didn't win the position then, what makes you think that that man then who lost the position is going to be better than the guy who got the starting position. And particularly if you're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, where you got an offensive line, where you better be, you got to have a mobile quarterback. And the guy from down at, uh, you know, U of A, who's their backup quarterback, you know, appears to be have some mobility and certainly not the, you know, to the degree that Michael Vick has. But in Arizona, you know, you're talking about again, it's the offensive line. So these guys that would, that are in now, some of them are backups because starters have been hurt. So you're talking about now going to a third team player, if if it's one of them on the roster, to step up. But that's what happens when you get your opportunity. It's like preseason, that was practice. You know, it counted, but it still was practice. These are real games. And sometimes you can find a gym, a diamond in the rough, by giving him an opportunity to play in a real game. So you think some of that might happen if some of these offensive linemen who are perhaps maybe third-teamers or, you know, in one position, you move them to another position, move somebody else in a tackle, move this guy to guard, move this guy to center, shuffle that line a little bit, you think you might be able to find some guys in there who decide, hey, man, we better block because the next thing, the next move is off the roster. Of course. Of course, uh, I, I would switch it around. They can become creative because, like you say, their next move is off that roster. Uh, with the Arizona quarterbacks, uh, I noticed even with Skelton, he's, uh, you give him time, if he can block for him, he can make some stuff happen. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, you, you know, you talk about Skelton and give him time and make some things happen. I'm going to shift a little bit now and talk about another quarterback. In the NFC, in the NFC East, Helmets to play for a team that wears a star on their helmets. And that, of course, is Tony Romo. Now, Tony Romo and Des Bryant had a little confrontation or a little conversation, if you will, on the football field. 
And, and of course, I heard some guys on the Big Boy Show a couple of days ago talking about the fact that Dez, you know, was supposed to run that route as a square in, and he, you know, he kept going upfield. And uh, Tony, of course, threw the ball, anticipating that he was going to square in. My thing is this, I, you know, I, I've been there, done that. I know that position of safety on the National Football League playing field. That square in route. Listen, if the safety's anywhere near there to get a chance to play in, you know, you don't you don't throw that ball. You you know you know. And and Ron Jaworski said this the other day on the Big Boy Show again. You know, Ron was saying to Merle and Hodge thought he was wrong. Hodge thought that Dez should have squared it in, and uh, you know, and anticipation that he was going to square it in. You know, Romo threw the ball, which I I, I understand that you are supposed to. Throw the ball before the guy even breaks because you know he, you anticipate he's going to break. But you also have to read the defense to see if the safety's anywhere near the pitcher who's going to have a chance to make the ball, to make a play on the ball. And if he does, then you got to go to your number two receiver or number three option. One of them, you don't throw the ball in there and say, well, the guy didn't, you know, run the route in there and, 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 and I just anticipated he was. It was a safety in there. And so it's, my question to you is, you know, in that particular case, it, do you do you say that the wide receiver is wrong because he didn't run the route that the quarterback anticipated, or is the quarterback wrong for throwing the ball? Because you know, listen, don't lay me out there in in a league where people we see the way they get destroyed. I mean, you know, you get some injuries, that career-ending injuries, trying to go across the middle, and you see a safety in there, and you're gonna throw the ball in there. Now, who's wrong in that particular case? Do you think Tony's wrong for? Throwing the ball in there, it got intercepted because Dez kept it upfield. But the fact that the safety was even, you know, lurking around there, you you trying to lay me out? What, what do you think? Tony, Tony was wrong because he didn't read all his reads. If he'd have read all his reads, he wouldn't have got that interception. And that's see, and that's the point. And so, and so, you and I kind of agree because see, when when guys talk about this, who supposedly know the game. You know, okay, yes, Dez was wrong for running the route. Dez might have also thought about, you know what, the guy is so close to me that if I run that in, he's going to make a play. But if I cut this thing on a field, I think I can outrun him, I can get past him. And sometimes, man, that's chemistry between quarterbacks and wide receivers. And and, and Dez should know that Tony Romo is not going to lay me out like he did. You know, like he threw the ball in there. Dez wasn't, he didn't go for that route. Dez went on a field. But I, I just think it's a chemistry that's developed between quarterbacks and players. You know, Peyton does it a little while, every now and then, you know, back, you know, with his other team, of course, the Colts, because he, he knew them. He'd been around it for a while. That's why him and Brandon Stokely doing so good right now. But we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about Peyton, too, because, man, you talk about leadership. I remember a couple years ago when I first got to Arizona, I told people, Read the body language of Matt Liner. Whenever it came time, they were considering Kurt Warner, and they put him in the game every now and then. Look at the body language. How did he support his teammate? How did he support his team? Look at Peyton Manning. Me and you talked about this. We talked about a couple weeks ago on the show. Does Peyton have the respect of his team? Man, if you saw the game the other night, Peyton was up and down after every play, every touchdown they made. He came back. He was coaching on the side. He was coaching his boys up. And when you coach your boys up, you move up in the rankings, too. And so does your team. And look like Peyton. Man, Peyton might be back to Peyton's place at the top. (laughs) 
We listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Kevin Browning with me. We having a good time. We'll be right back. You come back too. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. We're back. You listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Before we went to break, we started talking about the Mannings. That's right. We started talking a little bit about Peyton, but you can't talk about Peyton without talking about Eli. And I told you, Eli is my quarterback, but I will say this. I can never root for the Denver Broncos. It's just in my DNA. Can't do it. I'm sure you all know why. It's been a long story now. 25. I'm, I'm, this is my 25th anniversary of the fumble. Last year was 25-year anniversary of the drive. Now it's 25-year anniversary of the fumble. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty messed up when it comes to the Broncos. But i tell you what. Uh, you know, I, you got to look at the fraternity of men, and you got to say when you, when you see good, you acknowledge good. And I am saying this. I was concerned about Peyton Manning's health. That's the only thing about it. You know, one thing about when you're when you're a student of the game, you can rem- as long as you study the game and you watch the game, you you can still be as sharp as you were mentally and intellectually when it comes to the sport. In terms of your physicality and your ability to go out and perform based upon how how well you are and what kind of health and shape you're in, that would determine your ability to go out and perform. It was my concern about Peyton's health that would affect his performance. 
intellectually and his knowledge of the game, I never questioned that. You know, I, I, a couple guys are starting to throw it around now. I think even my man, shout out to Bernie Kozar. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Bernie and a few other people, you know, I, I think I was I was watching the game with my daughter. And she even said to me, Dad, did he, did he say that, you know, Peyton Manning is the best wide receiver coach? And, and I said, yes, he did, you know. And that is because, of course, a quarterback knows how and when a receiver should be running a certain type of route and what they're looking, what a quarterback, he knows what a quarterback's looking for out of a wide receiver. So I never questioned Peyton's intellectual capabilities of this game of football. Knows it as well as anybody. I was concerned about his health. But it's my understanding about my, my man Kevin feels that Peyton is back. And that is both physically and mentally. So from what you've seen, Kev, you think he's back. Is that right? I believe he's back and he's getting stronger and better every game he plays. If you uh, look at his performance on the field, like I said, he might not throw that spiral all the time, but because of his foot movement and he's able to uh, follow through on his, on his throws, his balls are accurate to his receivers. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting you say that about his foot movement because I'm, I could swear, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm going to try to dig some stuff up. But I remember that they used to say that there were some guys that were in the pocket that they had happy feet and, and not the kind of feet that Michael Vick has because, see, Michael Vick would be in the pocket and Michael Vick would actually scramble. Okay, that is a different. I thought the happy feet, based upon the way they would always talk about how his, you know, feet they're, they're constantly moving. They're constantly, you know, he's not setting up in the pocket. His feet is constantly moving. Because Peyton has feet that consistently are on the move until he's ready to throw that football. Peyton's feet are very active in the pocket. In fact, they've even taken the time out to show you how active his feet are. They've even gone back to say that Peyton practices some of these movements in practice so that he's prepared to do them in the game and does it exactly the way he does it in practice, you know, in the game. So, you know, these, these again, these talking heads many times, sometimes they contradict themselves as to, you know, what's best practices in terms of the quarterback position because somebody like Peyton comes in and changes the game. Peyton doesn't go back there and stand in the pocket like Tom. Tom Brady looks like a statue in the pocket. And I, I, I actually like, of all the quarterback presence, I think I like Tom Brady's the best. I like the way he stands up in that pocket like he owns this. He's on Mount Rushmore. This is mine. This is my pocket. I own it. You see me here. You know, it's my field. I'm going to handle my business. Peyton Manning gets back there. And what Peyton does is you can see Peyton, his feet are moving so much, but you can also see Peyton going from level to level to level, read to read to read. And it works for him. It works for them both. And so I, I think what they've done, then you got a guy who a lot of times like they get a quarterback out of the pocket. They want to get him out, you know, get him to the edge so then he can create some options, you know, and those are the more mobile quarterbacks. They want to do that. But I'm, I'm going to agree with you about Peyton's ability. Now, let me ask you something. The ball that Pey Peyton used to have a tight spiral. Now, do you think the reason he doesn't have a tight spiral has anything to do with the injury? Or do you think there's something else going on there, Kev? 
I've seen well, a couple. Du- I've seen a couple ducks. We used to call them ducks. I've seen a couple ducks come out of his hand a couple times. Well, I think he's still a work in progress well, with uh, a lot of his throwing, and so it's like uh, he's constantly, he's constantly working on accelerating his game to the highest he can accelerate. And I think along with the little pointers he may get from Hall of Famer John Elway as well, you know, uh, it just matter of time it's gonna he'll be right back into throwing them them, them spirals. But yeah. Right now the main thing is he's getting that ball to his receivers any way that he's getting them is accurate. Yeah, let me let me let me add this into the conversation too. You know, sometimes what will happen is, you know, every now and then and I'm not going to say to Eli, I'm not going to throw Eli into this conversation. I'm just going to throw about, I'm just going to have a conversation with you about, you know, the big dog. And then every now and then, you know, it's a little pup who comes along and they think they it's time for them to move the big dog out the way. And, and it's their turn. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, they always, they were talking about last year and a few years. They've always asked Eli if he thought he was a league quarterback and if he deserved to be in a conversation with elite quarterbacks. I want to say this. I want to say that for some reason, and I don't know what it is, you know, know, that it it appeared to me that there was a sense of, I don't want to say overconfidence, but perhaps maybe thinking that he may have been on the same level, even though he beat him in a Super Bowl. But I think it was important for Peyton to let Drew Brees know, hold on, Drew, hold on, hold on. You won that Super Bowl, but I'm Peyton Manning. And I, and I just think there was a little bit of extra added incentive for Peyton Manning to let the New Orleans Saints know, I'm, I'm still Peyton Manning. And, and I, I, think, I, think, I think Drew Brees was humbled a little bit in that game, the way Peyton beat up on him. What do you think about that? You know, uh, in a lot of ways, I, 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 I do agree. Because I think with, in Peyton's mind, this is my belief, in Peyton's mind, Peyton seen, okay, Breeze breaking Moreno's record. And, you know, Breeze is one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. But at the same time, you know, he, where he respect Breeze, he wants Breeze to know that, you know, I'm back. I'm, I'm still King of the total pole. I'm paid like you said. I'm paid Manning. Yeah, so it's uh, that's the ego. You know, there's a lot of egos with quarterbacks. There ain't no doubt about it that they got egos, and and quarterbacks are very, very, very competitive with one another. And I I just think that you know for some reason or another it was important for Peyton, you know, to win the game in the fashion that he did. And and I think he I think he humbled Drew a little bit there. Now of course you know it was the defense that gave up a lot of points. It wasn't necessarily Drew, but I, but I still think that that Peyton enjoyed that. Now 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 that we talked a little bit about Peyton, let's talk a little bit about his brother. And again, you got the New York Giants playing against the Dallas Cowboys, NFC East, everything on the line. You know what this game means. And you got Tony Romo going up against Eli Manning. And yes, Tony Romo was right there at the end to make it happen, but he did not make it happen. 
you know, they were down, I think they were down 21 to nothing maybe or something like that early in the game, you know, they so they came back. But again, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, don't have that ability to seal the deal. What is it? Is it Tony Romo? You know, because Eli's coming to his house and whooped up on him and his family, man, for the last three, four years. You know, Eli owns, you know, that that mega stadium they got down. That's Eli's place. So, man, you know, Tony Romo, you know, is Tony Romo the problem with the Dallas Cowboys or is there another problem they have? Because the Giants are owning them right now. Is is Tony that problem? What, what's the problem with the Cowboys down there? You can't put all that on Romo. I, I look at it as they lost their game because of lack of discipline. The team, the team is lack of discipline, and whoever calling them plays on the offense, uh, for, on our, I, I don't know if it's the offensive coordinator or Tony Romo, whoever calling them plays, uh, I believe that um, they need to relinquish that job, give it to somebody else to call. Well, you know, they got a head coach down there who was a head coach in waiting. It was the coach that Jerry Jones wanted. But I, I will say this. You know, it's it's one of those things whereas there's a certain type of coach that can coach a certain type of player. And then there's a certain type of player that a certain type of coach cannot coach. And so... I, I say that to say that the Dallas Cowboys, because of the stage that they have, it takes a certain type of coach to let those guys know that they're not bigger than the star on their helmet. And Jerry Jones appears to be, you know, Jerry wants to be one of the boys. I, I think Jerry needs to bring a coach in there, and he had one. He had tuna down there, and you know, for some reason, him and tuna, there was, you know, it was like oil and water, didn't mix real well. But he needs a coach like that to run the Dallas Cowboys. The Cow Dallas Cowboys have always had a very rigid kind of coach, with the exception of, of course, uh, uh, you know, when they had uh, the other guy came in there and won the uh, Super Bowl with them, uh, and they ran him out uh, from uh, from, Oklahoma, from Oklahoma. Yeah, you know what? Jimmy won one, and then the other guy. Uh, Barry oh, yeah. Switzer, Switzer won one. Yeah, Swiss, Barry Switzer, Barry Switzer came yeah. in there, and then Jimmy came in there. Uh, but I believe, but 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 they, but game day kind of coaches, they were hard. They were very emotional kind of coaches, and they were into the game, and and they were disciplined coaches when it came to their system, and and in terms of what they were going to tolerate and what they would not tolerate in terms of their players. So I, I'm just not so sure that the problem might be the coach that they have right now. It, it could be the coach and that he's not the coach for the Dallas Cowboys. And and so I, I, I definitely agree with that. And, and, and I, I think there's a lot of people out there that agree with that. And so I think. You know, and because listen, Des Bryant. No, it's not time. Some people say it's time for Des Bryant to go. It's not time for Des Bryant to go. Des Bryant plays football. He's like T.O. You know, he might have some problems, but on the football field, Des going to do. He might make a mistake every now and then. But I think he's too good of a talent for you to send him to another football team. 
No, no. You need, that's crazy. You're going to get rid that of your... Catch, that catch in the end zone is a perfect example. Oh, yeah. You know, and many other catches, you don't want to get rid of, you You know, one of the best wide receivers in the league. You know, you, you can't do that. You, the, the answer is not to get rid of that. Dez is not that much of a cancer, you know, because he already has some stipulations in his contract anyway that Jerry Jones did do that, that you're going to do this, you're going to do that. When the thing happened with his mom... You know, they did put some things together, and he I guess he's falling in line with those things. You know, but he makes a mistake every now and then on the field. He might, you know, forget a play here or there or whatever. But I think it'd be terrible for them to get rid of Dez Bryant. But I think at the top, maybe, but it's, it's, it's not time yet. You know, I don't think it's time for them to, again, to just throw in the chips. But it's okay. time for them to start okay. thinking about it. Hey, Kev, hold on to that thought you got there because I hear a little music. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to finish it out. Look at some games coming up this week. Talk a little bit about a couple others that was last week, but let's look at this week. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show using the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, it matters to me about those folks on the East Coast. So everybody be sure to keep them in your prayers. If you got family members out there, be sure to check in with them and make sure that they're okay. And uh, to let them know that, hey, here at Voice America, we care about them. So uh, let's talk a bit about some games coming up this week. And, and, and in my mind, some games that... You know, that are extremely important for, for some teams and, uh, you know, for some coaches, for some players. I'll tell you what, it looks like those Arizona Cardinals got to go up to Green Bay. And I don't think that's a trip that they're looking forward to at all. So if I look at the Arizona Cardinals trying to go in there and, and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, I think they stand about zero chance of winning that game. Well, how about you there, Kev? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Green Bay on that one. 
Trey McAnn is back, and he's on fire. Yeah, and one thing about it, I talk about that tight spiral, man, you were talking about, and Aaron Rodgers got a pretty ball. He got a ball with a nice little touch on it, too. You know, he, he knows how to, you know, add a little touch to it when he needs to and, you know, take something off of it, but... Uh, certainly, I, I think that uh, Cardinals going to come go into there, and it's not going to be a happy trip for them. Uh, Detroit Lions and uh, the Jaguars, you know, um, I think the Lions need a victory too, man. The Jaguars, you know, we we <laughs> you can say what you want to say about them, but uh, I I think the Lions need a victory, they, you know, because they still want to be in the hunt of things. I think the Lions is going to pull it off because the Jaguars' key player is out. Yeah, in Jacksonville, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, quarterback's still an issue for Jacksonville. You know, the big fella, you know, he, I think he got beat up a little bit last week, if I'm not mistaken, you know, roughed up a little bit. So uh, uh, let's look at the Chicago Bears and the Tennessee Titans. I, I, man, listen, the Bears, I don't think there's a better defense out there right now than the Bears, you know. Uh, I know the Titans got a damn good running back down there, you know, but uh, but I just think the Bears are playing great football right now defensively. And, and Jay, hey, Jay and Brandon are doing pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. I believe that uh, the Bears' defense is going to uh, shut down Chris Johnson, and they're going to uh, – the Bears is going to uh, win that game. They're going to pull a victory out. Now, the Broncos got to go up against, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I, Peyton is just hot, man. Peyton is just hot. I don't think, you know, even though they're going into Cincinnati, you know, Denver, the altitude is, is high, you know, so – you know, that's not going to be a problem for Peyton to come down to earth here, you know, in, in Cincinnati in the Midwest. So uh, weather-wise, he's accustomed to that kind of weather anyway. You know, at least this year, uh, you know, Peyton has had to deal with elements that before in the past he was playing in the Dome. Uh, and, and I think that's another reason why a lot of people are really impressed, too. But we'll have to wait and see what happens to him as the season progresses and the weather changes if he can maintain this consistency of success that he's had in, in his passing game. But but I, I like Peyton going into Cincinnati. Carolina and Redskins, I think RG3 going to let, uh, hey, Cam, come on, man. Yeah, you RG3 did your thing last year. but have an awesome day. Yeah, I just, uh, the the young man got to get rid of the headband at the press conferences, though. Man, what was that about? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, come on, man, really? You know, wow. Yeah, like Harm said, hello. Come on, you know, but uh, but Cam, come on, man, Cam. If you a leader, Cam is Cam leading his team the right way, man. I mean, wow. I, we we talked about him before, but I'm still a little disappointed in Cam. No, no I, I, be, I believe that Cam need to talk to the leaders that that know how to lead their team. I, I believe he need to get on the phone and get some input from them. Um, Call the little rookie over there in Washington because he's, he's showing the signs of being yeah, a leader yeah, this yeah. RG3 looked like Peyton Manning. That's the way Peyton coaches boys up, you know, encourage them, thank them for doing what they're doing, encourage them, hey, man, we're going to be all right when we down. You know, that you're exactly right, man. He needs to find out and talk to some of those people because he, he's got that Matt Liner kind of look, man, that pouty-pouty look, man. Come on, pouting? Really? Come on. All right, so let's move on, man. The Ravens is playing the Browns. I should be happy because it's the Baltimore Ravens, playing, which is the old Cleveland Browns, playing against the, the old Cleveland Browns. But, but uh, uh, the Ravens and the Browns, man, the Browns might have a little thing going on here. They, they got about two victories, you know. You think the Browns could beat the Ravens? I think so. You know, that's the thing. Even though the Browns have two two victories, 
the Browns play hard, and and that offense, that offense, they they showing signs that they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Well, I hope so, man. I'm I'm, I'm I gotta go get Wilbur. Shout out Wilbur Montgomery, Ozzy. Shout out, but I gotta go with my Browns. I'm gonna pick them over you guys now. Okay, let me let me move along here. I see a couple other games. Dolphins and the Colts. Okay, we got another rookie there that's doing awful good, man. Well, we got two rookies there, but I'm, I, listen, uh, the Dolphins quarterback, I think he kind of banged up a little bit. And, uh, all of a sudden that horseshoe is turned into luck. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think the co- I like the Colts against the Dolphins. Yeah, I like the, I like the Colts in that game. Okay, Buffalo Bills and the, the Texans. I'm trying to get through them all here. The Bills and the Texans. I'm just going to Texas. Texas. I, I, Texas just makes sense, man. Uh, Vikings and the Seahawks. Now, Adrian. Ooh, you got two running backs there. You know, two damn good running backs, but I think the Seahawks defense is just much better than the Vikings, so I got to go with the Seahawks against the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a good one. I, I believe the Seahawks may pull it off. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, and it's at Seattle, man. I don't, I think, see, them win, I don't see them losing back to back. Yeah, I, I just, and, and, and it's up there with the 12th man is just going to pump them up. So, okay, you got Tampa Bay. Uh, going up against the Raiders, and, and listen, the Buccaneers look good. I'm, you know, the, hey, they surprised some folks. Uh, I think the Raiders got a couple victories this year too. Your Raiders have just been a disappointment, though, man. They they just been disappointing Tampa everybody. They're gonna win that. Yeah. Know, the, uh, yeah. The Raiders, you know, where they look good against uh, Kansas City, they gonna they playing Tampa Bay and. Tampa Bay's going to beat them. Okay, we got a couple more we're going to get through it real fast. Uh, Steelers and the Giants. I know my man Fish. Man, I know he, you know, the Steelers going to be ready for the Giants, but man, Eli up against uh, Big Ben. The Giants going to pull it out. I got to go with Eli, man. Can the Cowboys end the winning streak for the Falcons? You know what? I. I, I, I think the Falcons going to beat them. Uh, I don't know. Think about it, man. I don't know if Dez Bryant's going to be recovered. Well, Dez came down pretty hard on his hip bone. I mean, his butt bone, if you will. I don't even know if he if he's walking well. I tell you one thing: the Eagles and the Saints. I tell you what, man. I think Andy may just give Mike one more chance, let him start the game, but he'll pull him at halftime if he ain't doing his thing. And that's in New Orleans, and that's inside. I think Mike going to do his thing down there. Yeah. I think, and don't. Yeah, I think he's going to do his thing down there. Okay, man. that's Hey, that was a great show, man. We got through it all. I didn't think we had the time, but we got through it all. I want to thank you all for listening again. What matters to me, those people out there on the East Coast, God bless you. God keep you. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. <laughs> Thank you.